Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cardavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode 16 with our very special guest, Amy Sullivan Hicks. And the title of today's podcast is The Real Deal, Secrets for Building Authentic Relationships to Grow Your Business and Your Life. Amy Sullivan Hicks is a business development professional who's been doing this for a couple of decades across a wide range of industries, and she's going to share with us her secrets on business development, but more importantly, developing genuine and authentic relationships. She's one of those few business development pros who actually walks the talk when it comes to building relationships by connecting and serving others. Not surprisingly, she's gonna talk about the secret sauce, authenticity. And she's gonna talk about how vital it is to have a mindset of giving and connecting others to help them get what they need and what they want. So get ready to experience Amy Sullivan Hicks and what I call the Amy experience of building relationships that matter. podcast where we explore leadership business and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life we're your hosts jeff dishwitz and craig matthews we believe that leaders have to put their people first and if you don't have time to grow your people then you're not leading get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business welcome to your bigger business and bigger life well, I'm excited to be here this morning with my good friend, Amy Sullivan Hicks, who's coming to us from Charlotte, North Carolina, more specifically Gastonia, North Carolina. And I've actually known Amy since October of 2008. So that goes back a while and no surprise I met her at a networking event, which is what we're going to talk about today. And Amy has been a business development professional since the day I met her. And frankly, she's one of the few people I've ever met who really gets it when it comes to building relationships. You know, a lot of people are all talk and no walk. Amy is all walk when it comes to building relationships and helping others. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Amy, welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast. Yes. Delighted to be here. Thank welcome you. Welcome fellow North Carolinian. Absolutely. <laughs> so Amy, give our listeners a little bit of the Amy story. Just keep it, you know, keep it, PG. Oh, wow. That's a little difficult to do, but we're going to give it a try here. So it depends on which route you want me to take or I want to take. But um, since we're going to be talking about networking and connecting people, um, I started my career uh, working for a family pool business. And I always knew from that moment on right in college that I wanted to interact with people. So it started probably, you know, definitely at the age of 19. So Getting into that industry, moved through it, went to work for a chemical company, again, in sales. They put me inside. Uh, that lasted a small bit of time until they discovered that I needed to be out. So I worked for <laughs> Ashland Chemical, calling on um, industrial chemical users, did that for a while. And then I found my passion working for an executive suite company, Regis. Um, did that for 13 years. And during that time... I was interacting with people daily. It was a very sales-oriented atmosphere. It was a deal a day, very fast-paced. And through those 13 years, uh, not just in Charlotte, 
but also in Cleveland, where I met Jeff, all throughout South Carolina and other areas of North Carolina, I created relationships, just leasing out office space, offering customer service during that time period. And then as time went on, I found myself in a position where I was able to explore business development outside of Regis. I went to work for an accounting firm. I am definitely not a CPA. So they didn't want a CPA. They wanted someone who had the connections. I was very lucky that I was able to bring over the clients that I had with Regis because a lot of them needed CPA services. So I did that. And then the next step was working for an engineering firm. And ECS, again, did not want to engineer. And trust me, you do not want me discussing soils and environmental issues, <laughs> but they needed someone who had those connections. And again, I was lucky that through Regis, through Cone Resnick, going into ECS, I was able to parlay those relationships 100% to ECS. And that sort of brings me to where I am today still with those connections and still connecting people the best that I can. Well, it sounds like you're attributing a lot of things to luck. And I would say it's because you built relationships. So I don't know. What do you think, Jeff? Well, there's so many things that jumped out at me in that. Number one, you talked a lot about relationships. We're going to talk about that. But it's interesting that you've been a lot of different industries. You know, I heard the pool yeah. industry and then the chemical industry. And then you're an executive office suite and then accounting and now uh, engineering, soil engineering is heavy part of ECS. So across all of these, you kept saying the relationships followed you. I think a lot of people would think that doesn't work, that relationships stay in the verticals. So mm -hmm. what, what's the secret for you in, in having them cross over the lines? I think that the true secret is being authentic when you develop those relationships. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If, if you look at my client base at Regis, they were finance people, uh, they were developers, commercial real estate developers. Then it was across the board. It was just uh, anyone who needed an office space. Jeff was a client, just say. So it goes down this, this road. Of, <laughs> <laughs> See, I remember these things. Um, that's also attributed to relationships. But But then taking those those relationships that were relevant to Cone Resnick. Cone Resnick, I specialized um, in selling tax and audit services to developers, to general contractors, develop that sort of foothold. But I think it was number one, being authentic. I was able to gain people's trust. And then because they trusted me in one aspect, it then carried over to different opportunities that I was able to experience. So Amy, share with us, what are sort of the core, your core philosophies when it comes to networking and building relationships. You mentioned being authentic, but what's kind of the secret sauce? I was born this way. If we're going to quote Lady Gaga right now, I was born <laughs> this way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really think that you can teach a lot of things in life, but developing relationships, that's not something I don't think you can teach somebody. Prime example, in the seventh grade, my mother went in for a teacher's meeting. And she was just saying, you know, who is Amy's, who is Amy's group? Like, who does she hang out with? And Mrs. Klein, my seventh grade teacher said, Amy hangs out with everybody. Like, <laughs> she's an athlete. So she hangs out with the athletes. She's smart. So she hangs out with the smart kids. Then, you know, I grew up in a very textile oriented town and you have this modge podge of different classes that come together. And I just liked everybody. 
And I think that that's something that you just truly can't teach somebody. Hmm. Well, interesting. I want to flip this on you a little bit, Amy. You Mm -hmm. said that the teacher said you hang out with everyone. But my experience of you is that everyone hangs out with you. (laughs) And I'm serious about that because I think you have, and I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've heard about it third hand. You have an attraction factor that people want to get to know you. And have you ever thought about why that is? I am now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that um, it's an energy. Like when I wake up in the morning, I pretty much wake up this way. It's, you know, very rarely do I have to make myself be in a good mood. And (laughs) it's, I don't know. Again, going back to, I was born this way. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's an interesting question. I'm not going to go into details, Amy, but you and I know each other really well. And over the years, since we've known each other from a personal perspective and sometimes Mm -hmm. professionally, you've gone through some very challenging times and yet you kept showing up this way. So how, what's that piece for you in terms of you've got this going on, you don't deny it, you still show up authentically and you still have this energy and you still have this attraction factor despite what's going on around you. I think that, and, and this, someone once told me this in, in, a, in a workplace environment that when you are here, this is a stage. And you mm-hmm. are here to give to other people. What happens when you go home and what happens behind the scenes, that is on your time. And what happens here is our time. And you're very right. There were some very, very trying times where I honestly did not know how I was going to get up the next day. But somewhere in the back of my brain, I truly still had that philosophy. And also, I have faith. Um, I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. My family was very supportive or continues to be. My friends, very supportive. And I think that without faith and without that network for myself, I may not have been able to do it. But um, it was a stage. You get up and you you make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that that's you know, that's. We'll see where this goes, Amy, because Craig and I have talked to a number of guests about it, and Craig and I talk about a lot that we actually see some challenges in that business mindset, like the person who told you that, because you're asking someone to turn off themselves. And so I'm wondering, do do you feel like turning it off or having that stage dichotomy took any toll on you? I honestly don't. Again, because I feel like I I am a genuinely a happy person. That's sort of the way I am anyway. It almost gave me a break from what was going on personally, or even in some cases on the side professionally. I think that that attitude gave me a break from the turmoil that existed outside of where I was. So that just, was that just a matter of you putting things in boxes and then closing those boxes for a period of time? You know, so while you were at work, your, your personal Mm -hmm. stuff was in another box. So it just cut that off. I think so. I mean, obviously, you can never cut those things off totally. But I think that going back to you're here to give, and even though it was a job, I felt like I was being authentic because Mm -hmm. I was into what my clients needed. I was into everything that had to do with where I was at the moment. And I I wasn't thinking backwards. I was trying to think forwards. 
Yeah, I think that's such a good point, Amy, where when we when we get focused on other people, mm -hmm. oftentimes our issues dissolve. Mm -hmm. And I think as we focus on helping other people, that actually brings us joy as well, as we can see the transformation in their lives. I think it has well, to do also with giving, giving yes. versus taking. Right. So let's talk about the giver, because that's a lot of people say that. My experience is I meet very precious few people who do that. What does that mean for you to be the giver? Many years ago, in another career, any event I attended, the first question out of my manager's mouth was, what deal did you get? What did you get? <laughs> and I would come back and say, that isn't what this is about. This is about developing relationships. Right. And over time, as I'm able to give, then I'm going to receive. So I guess during that period of time, I truly recognized it. You know, I didn't walk into a commercial real estate function and come out with my list of every deal that I closed. I came out with, okay, so here is Sally and this is what Sally needs. And then mm -hmm. I would come back to my desk and try to figure out how I can help Sally. Next meeting, I would come back and say, John, this is what John needs. So I think that listening, listening, going back to listening to what other people need and then doing your best to connect them was my way of giving. Okay. So you're a connector. Is that one of the primary ways that you get back? Mm -hmm. Very okay. much so. Yeah. I found that to be a huge benefit to our network. And you, it, it's the way to stand out. And that's what, probably what you were saying, Jeff. That's why people want to hang out with her because she is that giver. Well, and I think, Amy, I want to make sure everybody's hearing this clearly, that when you talk about giving, you're talking about helping them with whatever they need. It's not about referrals. You're not a referral swapper. No. When, when someone asked me if I want to join a, uh, a, uh, a, I guess, a business-to-business -business networking group, my, I just shake my head and go, no, I really appreciate it. But there's other ways that I... I gain my referrals, but thank you. <laughs> it, it just isn't for me. It's for a lot of people. And I think that's fantastic. It just isn't, just is not my jam. <laughs> well, so let's talk about what is the core difference between the way that you see a networking group and the way that you build relationships? So for instance, um, I've been to some business to business networking groups and, you know, it is all about, here's a list of people, go down the list. Here's what I need. Here's a list back and forth. That, that's been my experience. I was a founder of a group called Carolina Built. Uh, we were a part of a national platform called Built, four or five chapters. So Carolina Built, our, our, our foundation is on developing relationships. It's about creating experiences that, that people want to come to. And they're usually an overnighter because we know that great things happen when you're sort of stuck with each other and you're sitting around a campfire <laughs> or a fire pit with, you know, a glass of whatever your choice is, and a cigar, should you like a cigar? We, we know that that's where opportunities exist. And through my Carolina-built relationships, that's where I've seen the most business because you sit down with somebody over a meal. You go do yeah. sporting clays with them. You spend the entire day together. So when I, when I do need that help and I pick up the phone and I call somebody, I, we have that bond. And it's a true referral. It's a true relationship where I feel comfortable saying, hey, man, I need help with this. And vice versa, if they say, hey, man, I truly need a name and a number. It's more comfortable 
to me, almost the the other way that I describe it doing is more like a, it's more like a cold call to me. And I I don't cold calls dead, so I I don't do cold calls very well. I love the the aspect of the experience, creating an experience, because yes, shared shared experiences are a great way to develop the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this before. I wrote about it years ago. I often include it in my presentations. It's a reference to the movie City Slickers. And (laughs) Curly talked about you need to find your one thing, sort of like what's your driver in life most important. I translated it to business development and said, if you don't know your connections, one thing, their top priority right now, you don't have a relationship with. And that could be anything. It could be their work need. It could be what's going on in their personal life. It could be something going on with their family. So is that part of when you say you're listening, are you listening to the broad spectrum of what people need? You know, it's funny. I think the first couple of times I meet with someone, of course, we we tell each other what we do, what our platform is for our job. But for the most part, it's more of a personal conversation. And Mm. through that, it's very easy then to pick up the phone and go, Hey, Sam, you know what? I remember you were telling me that you got this new, this new shotgun and let's, let's go, let's go shoot and let's, let's experience that shotgun together. Or (laughs) if someone's child has not been feeling well or whatever that is, it's easier to pick up the phone and go, you know, let's get back together and catch up. And by the way, how is X, Y, Z? So to me, it's more about those authentic conversations that bring that next meeting about. If you're not listening, you know, I, I think you've sort of lost, lost the opportunity. Mm. Yeah. So there's a couple things you've talked about, Amy, and, and I'm going to dig in a little bit here to maybe help our listeners with this. The two things I want to talk about are, you mentioned energy, and I call it the attraction energy, uh, but also trust. Because you and I have similar experiences that when I sit down with people, usually the first time they often tell me things that they didn't expect to tell me. And it's in a business, so-called business meeting. And they'll often say, I can't believe I told you this. So there's something that's happening about building trust. And what, how do you do it? Because if, if we, you and I both say to everyone, Hey, it's just this thing that we are, but I don't know that. I think that there's a way that people can do better at it. So what are the ways that you believe you are trustworthy and build trust. I think number one is I'm willing to share first. Oh yeah. Big time. And it's not like I'm revealing my deepest, darkest secrets by any means, but again, I think it goes back to being authentic. You know, if I'm willing to to share something first, it opens the door for them to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't do that intentionally. I think it's just, again, my personality, I, of course, everybody has secrets, but if someone point blank asks me a question, I'm going to be honest with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's sort of the, the building of rapport. If I share something, they feel comfortable with it. They'll share something. And secondly, not repeating it, I think, gives them a trust in you that, hey, I, I can't believe I said this. And by the way, she, she didn't tell anybody. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Never betray trust. Mm-mm. So, Amy, you said something a moment ago, and I lost it, so I want to come back to it. You mentioned a manager you had who was always saying, 
what deal did you get? What introduction did you get? And I know a lot of people out there struggle with that because they work in environments where they want to be relational and their manager makes it very hard to do that. So my question is, like, how did you actually do that? What was the key to just saying no? Because most people say, I just, I can't do that because my manager won't let me. You know, I think that because I was a good performer and I did do a deal a day and it wasn't like I was a, a poor performer, I kept coming back with the same comment. I did not waver. I, I didn't give in. I didn't tell them a lie. I just said, it's going to come It's going to come around. And when my numbers showed it, you know, verbally, he didn't let up, but action-wise, he didn't take any action. So I figured at the end, he saw the value or pretended to see the value and sort of let me perform. So part of what I hear in that, Amy, is you chose to be who you are and do it the way you believed in and didn't play the game. No. Playing the game, I did that once and did not work. <laughs> so no well, she more. didn't play the short game. She yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is a, this is a long game. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people confuse long game with time because it doesn't mean you know this now and I know this, Craig knows this. When we build quality relationships, it actually accelerates the process. It gets us not just the, the, the warmish referral, it gets us the raving fan introduction. And you know how long that takes? I've found that we can, I believe I can build relationships very fast. I right. can build a relationship in the first meeting. I've done it in a first phone call because of how I show up. So it's long, it's long game thinking, but it doesn't have to take a long time. Right. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. So I, I also love about that is that you took the risk with that manager. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are unwilling to take the risk, and then they're not even who they are, so they're not authentic. They're, they're playing the game, the manager's game and not being true to themselves, which to me is, is just doomed to failure. It is. And I think that my counterparts at the company who did that, they were short-lived. Hmm. Yeah. And they weren't, the, they, they weren't the deal a day person and they struggled. And not that they weren't good salespeople, not that they weren't good people. They just chose to play the game differently. Hmm. Have you ever been tempted to play the game differently? Well, I don't think the word was tempted. I think I did it as a joke to the same manager <laughs> and um, it, it, it just, it, it didn't work out for either one of us, <laughs> but no, I just, I don't think I could. I don't, I don't think I have it in me to do it. I think that it would be very transparent. I mean, there were times where I would get a client in the office and go, listen, I just have to be honest with you. I can't do this. And here's the deal. Take it or leave it. I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> wow. I guess when we when we look at it that way, when we show up something other than ourselves, it's it's written all over our faces, mm -hmm. and and people get that sense of discomfort, 
and understand that, okay, well, why would I buy from this person if they're not comfortable about selling it to me? Yeah. So Amy, you've, you've mentioned this, I've made some references a couple of times to sales managers. And in fact, I think you said you kept hearing about the way you were doing it, but it was sort of accepted because you were succeeding, right? That's what your experience was. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, a lot of the people who are going to be listening to this are also sales managers. And I think one message for them to hear is, you know, it's important for you to look at the long game, but also look at who your people are, because there are some people who are, there's a small percentage of people who are great cold callers. Absolutely. But it's mm-hmm. a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. I would say less than 5% are actually really good at it. Mm-hmm. And, but if you've got 95% of the people who aren't are trying to do that, you got to fail. To me, that's just, you're going to fail. That's not what's going to happen. So what, what are some of the things you learned about sales management from your journey as a business development professional? So I learned that threatening does not work. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, and Jeff can attest to this. There is a, uh, there, there was a same manager that I had who we would have meetings every Monday and I called it my beating. And I believe that Jeff has written an article about this. Um, basically every Monday he would get us on the phone. I don't care what kind of week we had the week before. And he basically tell us how sorry we were. Um, he would brag on his own achievements and how he closed the deals that we closed. He would threaten our jobs. And then he would say, we will talk on Friday to discuss how the week went. And it was my Monday morning beating. And that's how I started my week. Wow. Now, he reminds me of the boss sort of from nine to five. Um, I believe his name was, <laughs> was it Mr. Barnes? You know, it, it, you don't, you don't, personally, I don't think you should ever manage by intimidation. You know, if, if we truly are the team that we say we are, a manager is there to, to lead, to help, to be a mentor, ask, how can I help you? If, if there is a performance problem, then that's a, that's a whole different subject. But if it's someone who just needs a little coaching or how about some encouragement? So I learned very quickly that as a manager, you should never lead by intimidation or threatening people because they are going to make you look good. So you should surround yourself with people that make you look really good or that are smarter than you. So that was lesson number one. <laughs> Well, that's a big one. And it's uh, sadly, and I, you know, I, there's a lot of companies out there and I don't know about most of them, but what's sad for me is that most of the time, probably 80% of the time, when I hear people talking about their managers and maybe because we talk about what's not working there, they still have, there's so many managers out there doing exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Craig and I talk about this a lot, you know, the Cartavera one of the foundations of Cartavera is putting your people first. And I, my personal belief that the leader's job is to grow their people and make them better. It is not to get them to perform Mm -hmm. and performance is the outcome of their growth. And so many managers think my job is to make you perform and I'm going to go to whatever I think works, which for a lot of people it's threats and intimidation and shaming the old shame strategy. 
Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. My wife and I were watching Hell's Kitchen last night, you know, the Gordon Ramsay thing, and man, he just lights into people. And yeah. on the side, he's saying, oh, well, I'm trying to get the best out of everybody by pushing him to their limits. Hmm. <laughs> I think pushing There's, can bring a break. <laughs> yes, yes. And people are walking out you know, during the show. Yeah. It's like, okay, I, I don't want to work in this kind of environment. So, Amy, something else you said that was really powerful to me you talked about how your relationships have followed you and mm -hmm. i wrote that word down because you said it a number of times about follow and what do you attribute the following to because you have a following of relationships i think that goes back to the trust and to the connecting so just an example a client of mine many, many years ago when I leased office space is, was a developer. And this was back 15 years ago, 10 years ago. So developer of commercial office space. I went to the accounting firm and he of course needs accounting services. So when I told him where I was going, he's like, well, let's just see what this looks like. Let me see if there's an opportunity. Um, sure enough, there was an opportunity. So developed a deeper relationship while I was there got to know his family during that time. Again, going back to getting to know people. Then I end up at an engineering firm where that is exactly what we do. We help developers develop the land. And <laughs> he then became my client there. Now that was a that was a perfect fit. So that was sort of not, I'm not going to say easy, but again, because he trusted me, he knew I was going to tell him the truth. He trusted me through the entire cycle. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, there are relationships that I have to this day that are strictly connecting. Like I know I'm not going to give them a piece of business. They're not going to give me a piece of business, but it's, we know we need similar people. So we just call each other and say, Hey, I need, it could be anything. I need a hairstylist. I mean, it could be anything. And we're able to connect to each other that way. So what I heard you say in there is that one of the reasons you have following is because the relationships were not job specific. They, they were authentic human relationships. And why wouldn't those follow? Because they're a human relationship. It's two human beings who have formed mm -hmm. a connection. Now the, the developer happened to have a natural business fit. Correct. But I, my guess is in having known you for now coming up on 12 years, you don't leave people behind in relationships. No, I don't. If, you, if I look at my current network, and I don't mean that in a 100% professional way, but I even look at it personally, the relationships that I developed when I spent time in South Carolina and even Cleveland, I still have those relationships today. Now, are we best friends? No, but I know if, if I needed anything, if they needed anything, we pick up the phone and we call each other. And that's, again, going 10 years. Absolutely. I, I would say one of the things <laughs> that it seems like is happening here is because you're building the relationship beyond the business, you're actually getting to the personal level. That's what actually creates that stick factor. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to experiences. If, if you've had an experience with somebody, yeah, I don't care how small or large it is, you're, you're, you're going to have that to always go back to and talk about. Good or bad reminiscing, you're always going to have it to go back to. <laughs> I've heard it said that quote unquote, <laughs> successful families, the ones that stay together and, you know, really have a good bond. They have something in common. They all go camping. 
And it's like, why, why was that the thing? It's shared adversity. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, Amy, I just, I never thought about it this way, but it makes sense. You know, what you create, you create the Amy experience. <laughs> Which is kind of, indifferent. <laughs> I mean, you do too. I, you do. And, you know, one question I haven't asked you, you're really, you're a giver. You know, I, I knew that from the moment I met you. And I've seen that over 12 years. My question is, how good are you at asking for help? Mm. And how does that serve you or not in this journey? Great point. I am absolutely horrible <laughs> at asking for help. Um, yeah, absolutely horrible. <laughs> is it because you always want to be of service? I think so. And, you know, I think I was born a pleaser and that that obviously comes into conflict a lot but at the same time how can I help somebody if I'm asking them for help I, this is something I think that I perhaps struggle with a little bit and maybe when I need help I do have friends who recognize it and they they know how to intervene but it's very hard for me to pick up a phone and go I am really struggling I just mm -hmm. I just I just get through it. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and ask the next question. Then, when you were you're talking about different challenging times in your personal life and how you sort of you put those over there and and got the job done, mm -hmm. do you feel like you were getting support in that per, those personal areas that you needed that allowed you to show up that way and work? Absolutely, absolutely. If I um. When I was in, in the Cleveland area, if I did not have the people who surrounded me, I honestly don't know what I would be doing today. They, one particular person in general, she was a colleague, came in my office one day, shut the door and said, I'm taking control over this situation. And when we walk out of the store, we're going to have a plan. And I am not <laughs> kidding you. We walked out of that door and we had a plan. <laughs> Oh, it's so good to have friends that have that kind of intervention. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I had a plan. I thought I had a plan, but oh, no, no, she, she really had a plan. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just one example. There were so many more. And even my family, you know, my family has always been very supportive. Uh, my grandparents no longer with us. The support I received from them. And I was lucky. My grandparents lived to be in their 90s. So I was, what, in my 40s when... I still had my grandparents, so very blessed. So, Amy, I, I guess I'm going to, this might be the final question. You've shared a lot, and early in the conversation, you said something like you were just born this way, and you wondered if it could be taught. And I get that uncertainty, but my question is, if you were to say to the listeners, there are some elements of this that come naturally, but here's the one thing. I encourage you to focus on to really go out and build genuine relationships. What is it? Find ways to connect people. Listen to what they have to say. Find out just what you said, Jeff, what their one thing is. What is their one thing? And then find ways to connect. As little or small as they may be, by connecting people, you get you you gain the trust, you become this go-to. You are the go-to for anything, really. 
and then you have this relationship that you can go back and forth between, but you have to find ways to connect with people, whatever that is. Yeah. Well, this is amazing, Amy. I'm not surprised. It was interesting to hear because I've known you so long and witnessed a lot of this in action, but to take another peek behind the curtain, I think is really helpful. And if people can just take a few of these ideas about listening and being really authentic and going first, I think people think that relationships are this, they are a holy grail to me, but they think they're this almost unachievable thing. But I think they're more real than we want to, that we most of the time we admit. And they're game changers. They're, I mean, I've built my whole business, all my businesses have been built on relationships. Yep. And from doing the same thing you said, as I, I decided years ago, I want to be the phone call. Mm-hmm. I want to be the person that everybody knows is going to know people and know them well enough that can get you what you need, whatever it is, whether it's personal or professional. And you've done the same thing and done it beautifully. And you, you know, you do attract people, they want to follow you. And I think so many people can learn from this and go accelerate whatever they're doing by doing a few little things differently. But I think they're bottom line going to have to get real because that's what you bring to the table is you're real. I think a lot of people miss the fact that they actually have the asset called a network and that that asset can be deployed to help other people. Absolutely. And that's one thing I think we all on occasion or not everybody, but if you take your network for granted, that is a very, very slippery road. So value it. Well, thank you, Amy. And as you know, from our prior conversation, we always ask everybody a couple questions Mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. one of the questions for you is, so if you had an opportunity to have dinner with someone, who would that be? And what's the one question you would ask them? So I am a country music fan. And oh. in October, I had the opportunity, very ironically, to go see Dolly Parton perform at the Grand Ole Opry on her 50th anniversary of the Grand Ole Opry. I've always loved her, but I'm more fascinated with her every day. So if you look at this woman, huh. in 1967, she was asked to join the Porter Wagner show. And from there, she's a songwriter. She's a multi-instrumentalist. She has got accolades, a leader in her industry. She's one of the few people that have received a Academy Award, a Grammy Award, a Tony Award, and an Emmy Award. So this is a strong, powerful woman, right? Wow. Then she writes this song called Jolene. And I'm going to quote one of the word phrases. I love the song Jolene, but if you listen to this. I had to have this talk with you. My happiness depends on you and whatever you decide to do. Now, why would she create this weak character who is relying on someone else for her happiness? Mm. I just have to ask the question. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you know Dolly Parton, she is a strong force to be reckoned with and to write this song. But anyway, I still love it. Wow. Wow. Well, my my guess is if you ever get a chance to answer that, ask that question, the answer is going to be something about that brokenness and sadness sells. Exactly. It was just for fun, I'm sure. Did did she write it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's hers. That's awesome. 
So the second question, Amy, is one of Craig and mine's favorite because we're all movie folks here. What's the movie that comes to mind? A movie, a character, a scene, something from the movie that speaks to you about leadership or impact? So Remember the Titans is a very powerful movie. And the quote I'm going to quote actually is very relevant today and almost every day. But uh, Coach Boone is in um, at Gettysburg. He takes the boys out there at night where the, you know, the fog's lifting and he asks them to be quiet. And he says, if we don't come together right now on this hollow ground, we too will be destroyed just like they were. I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. And I think that is very telling throughout history. Wow. I love that movie. And I remember that scene. Mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps again because, <laughs> as you know, I'm a Civil War guy. And the fact they were in that cemetery and, and he threw in the line from Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, the hallowed ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> So thank you for all that, Amy. I am, one of the other things we ask people at the end, is there anything going on in particular that you want to promote or give attention to, whether it's business-wise or something personally you're involved in? You know, I think, number one, um, it's a time to come together um, professionally, personally. Uh, just just take care of each other right now. That would be my message. Great. Awesome. Now, I guess we're recording this during the pandemic. Right. So it's... Uh, well received so how do we how do people get in touch with you they want to reach out to you somehow sure you can um look me up on linkedin number one amy sullivan hicks you can email me at amy sullivan 68 at gmail.com well thank you for being so open amy and bringing so much of your relationship building wisdom to share with the rest of the world very grateful to have you. Glad to be here. Thank you. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Exactly.
life sucks as a grown-up. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, right.